Last week's message was called Associate with Sinners. And hopefully you got everything out of that that we're supposed to. Number one, in the church, we don't condone sin. And anybody who is living in sin in the church, we have to confront it. And uh, if they will not change their ways, then we don't associate with them. But when it comes to the sinners who are all around us in the world... We do associate with them. We want to associate with them because Jesus associated with sinners so that he could bring them to the truth and to save them. And so we want to introduce people to Jesus. We want to influence them. The interesting thing is in this book of 1 Corinthians that we've been studying, there is a message in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, For consider your calling, brethren. That you were not, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base, base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. So it's interesting as we consider this, God wants us to influence the world and sinners, but yet those of us that he has chosen, who he has called, he is saying he has called the ones who are weak, the ones who are not wise, the ones who are lowly, the ones who are, are base. He has chosen us. Nothing necessarily grand about any of us. We look at ourselves and we say, oh, we're, we're nothing except for God. God's the one who is great in our lives. And there is a wonderful power in this. And I want you to consider that though we may not be wise in and of ourselves, and that when God called us, there wasn't anything too awful, great, or grand about us, Yet God can use you to go out and associate with sinners and influence them to lead them to Christ. It's an interesting thing. I need to, this message today is something that I need to be reminded of because as I go out and kind of, and, and go door to door, there's something in me that has that little bit of fear that, well, what if they say this? What if they say that? What if I don't have an answer? What if, what if? But the message today reminds us, know that we do have wisdom to influence. There is something that God gives us so that we, though we were once not wise, now in Christ we are wise. And we have wisdom that can help people. We have wisdom to share. We ought not to be quiet as we go out and associate with the sinners. We need to share the wisdom that we have. Though we might not consider ourselves wise, we have received the spirit and the wisdom of Christ. So go with confidence. That's the message of today. Go with confidence. When, when the message today reminds us that when we're, we're, when we're in school and, and a teacher is teaching something that seems contrary to what God says and it is contrary to what God says, trust that you are the one with the true wisdom. Trust your wisdom. The lesson is entitled, 
a child will lead them. You'll see how this all fits together very soon. But I want us all to consider how we all can, as followers of Jesus, and having the wisdom from above, that we can lead and teach others. We are the wise ones. The outline says the church in Corinth was a real mess. They, we already know that even before we get to chapter 6, but now when we get to chapter 6, we're like, wow, these people, there's something wrong here. They were trying to solve their disputes by going before unrighteous courts instead of the saints. They, they had something going on, whether it was something about money, having a dispute over uh, property, or what it, whatever it might have been. Just who was the one in charge? I don't know. I don't know what their disputes were about. But instead of settling their disputes among themselves, they were taking their disputes and going down to the municipal court and uh, filing a civil lawsuit is how we would kind of think of this today, I think. It's not criminal things. They're just some matters between them. And that was a bad idea. But let's go ahead and set the scene here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. Um, Does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the saints, if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? As you look on down, uh, and just to continue reading to make sure you have this full picture, verse 4 says, So if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are of no account in the church? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not among you one wise man who will be able to decide between his brethren? But brother goes to law with brother and that before unbelievers. So little issue, dispute in the church. There should be somebody wise to help us settle that. In the church, there should be some wise man. You should have one person, at the very least, to settle matters. Don't go before the unbelievers. Don't go before the unrighteous. Settle matters between yourselves. You are the wise men, wise ones. We, the saints, those who are, have been sanctified in Christ, we're the ones who are able to judge and there is a case made for this we the saints christians are the wise ones so first point that paul makes in this passage is in verse number two he says the saints will judge the world the saints will judge the world well and this is interesting because we consider That, well, it's Jesus. We're all going to stand before Jesus. Jesus is going to judge us. When he returns, he's the one who's going to separate the the sheep from the goats. 
And I think this is probably a picture of somehow that when the, the saved, the sheep, are caught up together with Jesus in the air, when the saints come to meet and be with Jesus, we shall sit with him and we shall also be a part of that judgment scene. Somehow, some way, I don't know for sure what this is going to be like, but we are going to be participants in judgment. The saints will judge the world. So if we're, we have the wisdom to be able to judge the world, don't you think we should be able to have wisdom to settle matters between us? Don't you think we should have some wisdom as we go through this life, having the knowledge we need to live life and to do right and to do uh, things according to God's will? We are judges. We are wise. We are able to do this. Verse number 3 it says, do you not know that we will judge angels? It's a surprising thought, isn't it? We will judge angels. Really brings up a lot of questions. I don't know if this would be a, a full Bible class or lesson on this, but it's kind of a vague verse. There aren't a lot of other references to anything like this, if any, I don't think. But it seems just as somehow we will judge the world. God's going to involve us in judging angels. And I would assume this means fallen angels that someday will be cast into the fiery pit that was prepared for them and for the devil. We are going to be somehow be involved in that judgment. We will judge angels. We're going to judge the world. We're going to judge angels. We're going to do it righteously. We're going to do it with the wisdom that comes from Christ. We're going to be able to do this. this is, we are going to be participants in this according to Paul. All right. Continuing on in verse number three, after saying we will judge the angels, it says how much more matters of this life. And here's where I think it really gets interesting for us. So people, if we're going to have this great responsibility to judge the world, to judge angels at the great judgment scene, we can handle matters in this life. Those things that come up between you and your friends, or between one friend and another friend, or co-workers, or the boss and the... Uh, the people that work under them or you are dealing with the people that you're working with and working, answering to you at work and these and situations in families, all of these crazy, difficult things. Our minds can spin sometimes of how to deal with things and with people. And this verse comes along and says, you know what? You can make judgments in matters of this life. You are able to do it. You are the wise ones. The saints are qualified. You are able to make those judgments. I had another verse in here uh, related to this point, And I think this is the reason why we have this wisdom. This is where the wisdom comes from. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I think it fits with all of chapter 1 and all of chapter 2. There's a, this really kind of comes 
to this point, and I, I think we have to be careful to know the we that is here. I think Paul is making the case for him as an apostle that he is able to give a thus saith the Lord. He is the one who Christ has taught. He has the answers because Jesus has taught him. And by the way, remember that the apostles, when, uh, when Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus told his apostles, there were 11 of them present there because one had gone his way, the way that he was supposed to go. And he, tell, he told them, go and teach everything I have commanded. It was up to those 11 to share the words that he had given. They were the ones that all authority from, from heaven had been to Jesus. And so thus he told Jesus, told them, go and tell everyone. I'm the one with the authority. Now you guys go and teach it. You 11, you're the ones. And Paul was chosen at a little bit different time, a later time. And he also was given this command. He is an authority. He is an apostle. The we in verse 16 is him. Verse 16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that we will instruct him? The answer is nobody. We can't instruct him. And then he says, but we have the mind of Christ. And if Paul as an apostle had the mind of Christ because Jesus taught him, therefore we can receive, this word is shared with us, the message of salvation, the truth that God wants us to know and live by, the things that are important for the matters of this life, they're all contained here, and we can study and know. We can have the mind of Christ. We can have the wisdom of Christ so that when we consider over on the other page from where I'm at in chapter 1, verse 27, uh, verse 20, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. So we can, we are the ones with the answers. The ones who are wise in this world and uh, the Stephen Hawkins, the, the different people who say there is no God, that science has the answers, or people who say the government has the answers, and all those. No. We, who were once foolish, we now have been, have something shared with us. We have the wisdom of God. The mind of Christ has been shared with the saints. The eleven apostles... Twelve apostles, the thirteen apostles, as God added Paul, they have shared the mind of Christ with us. So we do have answers. We do have truth. We have eternal truth that will always stand. God's word is eternal. It will never, the grass fails, but the word of God stands forever. We have the truth. You have the answers to confront the people who try and knock you down. You have wisdom. You have the knowledge and are qualified to judge matters in life. You have it. It's been given to us. Search it. And learn it. And now we get into this language where um, the, the, 
the title is pulled from. A child will lead them. It's interesting what Jesus says in Matthew 11. Because I would, I would just ask us to think about that, that even when we're young, when we're, you know, we got some children here, some teenagers, and you, you guys, you know, when, when you go into school, you are the ones who should lead because you are the ones with the truth. And when you understand what Jesus has done for you and how much he loves you and how much he wants you to love others, and remember that's our superpower is this wonderful thing called love. There is wisdom and truth in that, and we can lead others. We are the wise ones. We are the ones with answers. You are the ones with answers. So look at uh, Matthew chapter 11, 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to innocent in, infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. And this is, this is a neat thing. And you think about how many times through Scripture, I'm thinking especially of 1 John, little children. Uh, you, know, you know, Paul often used that, children, listen to me. You know, it's, we, we are children. We're all children. We're all children of God. We're all young, young ones who belong to our Father. And Jesus says here, I'm glad you chose to reveal these things. And I think that all, all of these things, you know, it's like the Father's will, the Father's wisdom. It has been given to infants. It's been given to us. We're the infants. We're, the small, we're all the small children. Not many wise among us, but God chose us. It's been revealed to us. And you think about the apostles that were chosen. They were fishermen. They weren't lawyers. They were fishermen. You think about the one, he was a, uh, he was a tax collector. He was the lowest of the low in that culture. He was, he was getting money for Rome. Oh, yuck. He was not a good one, according to the wisdom of the world. But he chose him. He chose a zealot. Somebody who wanted to fight Rome and had all this fire in him. Let's go. Let's overthrow Rome. And God put them all together. Like infants, they had this faith. All right, Jesus will follow you. The Lord has revealed his will to infants. Go to Isaiah chapter 11. So back to the Old Testament. There's a wonderful prophecy in all of Isaiah. So very much talking about Jesus. So many prophecies about the Messiah to come. And in chapter 11, um, I, I want to go ahead and read uh, just a glimpse. So just like verse 1 and 2. Um, and then we'll jump to verse 6. It says, Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. And by the way, Jesse's the father of David. So here is a new promise of somebody like David. This is, this is a promise of the Messiah. Somebody who is going to come and be this great mighty leader. 
and a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Well, you got the Spirit of the Lord coming on somebody. That is what always happens with the powerful leaders. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge into the fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord and he will not judge by what he sees nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide the fairness with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. I got one more verse to fit in here, right? Verse 5, also righteousness will be the belt around his loins and faithfulness will be the belt around his waist. That's the mighty leader who's going to come. That's Jesus. We look at that and we're like, oh, Jesus, yeah, he was, he was all of that. Good leader. And then I think when we go into verse 6, we shift into kind of him as a leader. Now we're thinking about his kingdom the effects of him being the leader, it says, and the wolf will dwell with the lamb. Which maybe even there, it's, it's interesting to, to think about a wolf and a lamb. You can think about um, a zealot who was, uh, I'm thinking about the apostles. One of them, Matthew, the, the tax collector was for Rome. And then you have a zealot who was, they were coming together. They were like a a lamb and a lion, or a lamb and a wolf, excuse me, coming together there. They were, they were not made to like each other. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. You know, people change. This is talking about people. In kingdom, they, people suddenly in the kingdom of God, they can get along who once didn't get along. And the calf and the young lion and the fat lean together. And a little boy will lead them. A little boy will lead them. I think that's us. A child leading. When we have the mind of Christ, when we understand Christ's will, I can go to those doors and I can understand man, these folks might not like me. They might have a bunch of different ideas. They might believe in a different God. They might tell me that, that Jesus is ridiculous, that he never lived or whatever. But I've got the truth. I have the opportunity to lead even those who are, are ready to come at me because they think I'm just full of hate because I'm one of those Christians. No, I've got the truth. I've got the wisdom of God. I can lead these people. Even though I might feel like a child going into that situation, no child can lead them. We are the wise ones. You hear this message? A child will lead them. You are the child. You are the ones with wisdom. We can do this. We can go to our neighbors and talk to them. We can go door to door. We can talk to our friends and family and share wisdom with them. The wisdom of the will of God. That's what you have. Just back it up with your superpower, which is love. And you can't go wrong. We must become like children, humble children. And when we do that, we will be great in the kingdom of heaven. 
And that is a reference to his church. All who are following Jesus, you've made Jesus your king. Be turning to Matthew 18. When you make Jesus, you decide he's the king of your life. You get immersed into him and raised up in this new life. You are now a child of the kingdom. Jesus is your king. You're following him. You're doing his will. Filled with the spirit and wisdom of God. When you humble yourself like that, you can do great things. So Matthew chapter 18 verses 3 and 4. Uh, And Jesus is speaking. Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We need to become like children. And children humble, look to their parents to, to do what they say, and that's what we must do as children of God. When we do that, we're filled with wonderful wisdom. We have great power. God is on our side. I, um, by the way, I take a moment just to say, uh, last week I mentioned uh, little children in terms of, um, of us. Well, in the midst of the conversation last week, I mentioned little children kind of being the annoying, I was thinking of them being the annoying ones and, People saying, keep them away, keep them away. And Jesus says, no, let suffer the little children. Let the children come to me, for such to such belongs the kingdom of God. So children aren't sinners that need to come to the kingdom, but they are the ones that we need to become like. We need to become like children, full of trust and full of faith. When you're hurt, when you're young and you're hurt, you go to mom or dad. Usually to mom, sometimes to dad if you have to, right? So, trust, have faith. And when you do that, as adults or young, whatever it is, when you have this faith that God is the one and you're following him, Jesus is all that matters, he is the truth for this world, you have great power. You have great wisdom. You have something to share with the President of the United States or with your local mayor or with your neighbor who seems like they got it all together or what you know you're the one with the knowledge and the strength you don't have to impress anybody else you don't have to try and keep up with the joneses you don't have to try and that's always weird to say that in this congregation um i say keep up with the joneses because they're leading a pretty godly life loving jesus but you know that's we don't, we don't have to worry about what somebody else thinks or what they believe or what they think about us. Just go to them because you are wise in Christ. My last statement here to close. When we have a simple faith in Jesus, we have his spirit. and We keep learning that spirit, growing in that spirit more and more. We have his spirit and his wisdom. Let us trust his wisdom to guide us in our relationships with one another. All right, and that takes us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. They, had, they could take care of disputes and problems. Among, we're going to have those issues. That's okay. But settle them. Work together. Figure it out. We've got wisdom. We can do this, right? And beyond that, I encourage you to think about this last statement, is let us be confident in our wisdom to reach and lead 
the unrighteous to Christ. Reach the, the, those who are not saved. Go out to the sinners. Associate with sinners and trust that you've got wisdom that they need. The truth that they really want that will guide their lives and lead them in the right way. A child will lead them. Let's be children who lead others to the truth. Don't you want to do that? You can. This is the wisdom we have. A child will lead them. Let's be faithful children. If you need today to give your life to Jesus so that you can have the Spirit of God within you and then participate in this kind of activity where you're going to people and sharing with them the truth, I hope you want to do that. I hope you desire that. If you need to give your life to Christ today, get a new life in Him, we encourage you to come today. Won't you please come as we stand together and sing this song of encouragement.